I have a lot of interesting things to say this week, this winter, this month about the NFL, including the New York Giants. Uh, Congratulations, Giants fans. Your season is saved next year, next season. The Giants will be fine next year. The Mets are close to hiring or should be hiring Buck Showalter. Honestly, if the Mets don't hire Buck Showalter by the end of this hour-long show, there's going to be major issues in New York. That that is the first thing I want to get to before I dive into my Giants take. Vince, I... That apparently, Max Scherzer said out loud to to uh, Steve Cohen that he wants uh, Buck Showalter to be his manager. Buck Showalter wants the job. You know Buck Showalter can perform in New York. He has a good gauge under what New York requires out of a team. You have a, vet, a more veteran team with a veteran manager coming in. That's the move, right? Is there's no there's not even like a take angle on that, right? Like the move is Buck Showalter at this point, right? Well, yeah, I mean it's it's going to set a really bad precedent if you're getting this guy in Scherzer. You're paying Max Scherzer forty three million dollars a year, and then he says, "I want this guy to manage me," and Steve Cohen's like, "Nope, can't do that." Yeah, but isn't it a little weird to have a pitcher call the manager when you only play one out of every five games? No, because he's a super he's a superstar of your team. He's the face of your franchise essentially now. Him and Degrom, you 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 can't there's can't be a single player in that roster that would have a problem with the Scherzer signing. With, with, the, with the Showalter, bringing Showalter in. There can't be a single guy on that roster that would have a problem with that. So therefore, why not do it? Why not go for the, the the guy that you know can handle the job? It's been years and years and years of Mets managers where we don't know if he can handle the job or we're, we're hoping this guy can handle it or we've seen things in the past that this is a reason why he can handle it. We know Buck Showalter can handle it. We know Buck Showalter can do the job. Just get the job to Buck Showalter and make, make it easy on yourself. No. Well, the Mets need something easy. That's stability. That's for sure. yeah. It's stability, and the Mets have lacked that for decades. Just get the stability in the manager spot. That's all you need. But I wanted to, the big thing that I want to talk about, we have a good segment coming up. We have obviously our picks. There's a lot of juicy lines this week that I'm really into. We also have a, we're going to continue, circle back to a take that I had uh, weeks ago on on a Vince being a bad rich guy. Well, it turns out <laughs> they're, uh, Vince, you have something very much in common with Bill Gates. We'll we'll get to it in a second. Damn right. Um, But first, Giants fans, that's right. Your season is saved, but next season, not this season. Uh, Russell Wilson should be your starter next year. And there's many reasons why Russell Wilson should be in a Giants uniform next year. And there's not really many excuses for the Giants to not go after him. There's a big pitch for them. And there's going to be a lot of teams going after Russell Wilson. But the Giants have the best pitch. The Giants have the best ability to go out and get Russell Wilson. They have by far, first of all, the most to offer, right? They're going to have two top 10 picks in the NFL draft this year. Remember, they traded for the Bear pick. So they have the Bears pick, and they have their pick. Now, I know there's a team 90 miles, uh, what do you want to call it, west, that has, what, three first-round picks in the Eagles? But those picks are going to be lower on in the draft, so they're not as valuable. The Giants are two top 10 picks, which a team can really turn themselves around, especially a team in Seattle that has cap issues, could really utilize those picks because Seattle also doesn't have a first-round pick this year. That's the Jet pick. So the Giants can already give up two first-round picks in this year's draft immediately, which is extremely valuable to you. But also, Russell Wilson's clearly had it in Seattle. Can we establish that to begin with? He's done there, okay? Seattle's going into another losing season. He's not playing well. He's not being protected. He doesn't have weapons. It's over there. His team is in cap trouble. They don't have draft picks to get better for the future. He's done there. The offensive weapons with the Giants are already there. Something that he's lacked in Seattle, something they have consistently failed to put around him. What's the first elite receiver he's really had in his entire tenure in Seattle? It's DK Metcalf. It's the first and only elite receiver that he's ever had there. That's a problem. The Giants already have it in Slayton, 
Galladay, Shepard, Tony, Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph. You have the elite receivers there already. You have the weapons that Russell Wilson's going to need. That for years and years have been saying, Daniel Jones needs weapons, needs weapons. They got Daniel Jones weapons. He wasn't able to succeed with the weapons. Russell Wilson has the weapons in with the Giants. He has a plethora of weapons, way more than he ever had in Seattle. That's got to be intriguing for a guy like Russell Wilson. But also, when I look at NFL players, especially high-profile players that have high-profile marriages, high-profile wives, that, that it's a big concern for professional athletes. We don't really take into account ever the fact that these guys are also married people and their wives also want to live in certain cities. Ciara wants to live in New York, okay? Ciara wants to live in New York or Miami. He ain't going to Miami. That's where the biggest one to me, Ciara don't care. If Russell Wilson has an offensive line in New York. Ciara don't care how the Giants' defense is. Ciara doesn't care about all that stuff. Ciara cares about I can live in a sky-top apartment in Manhattan and I can do my modeling and I can do my marketing. I can do everything I want. That matters a lot to a guy like Russell Wilson. It matters a lot to a guy like Russell Wilson that his wife is happy. And the other destinations that could be top after him, New Orleans. I don't think Ciara wants to go into a city that's below sea level and, and model in the the city with the great uh, history of modeling agencies in, in New Orleans. I don't think Seattle is going to want to go to Denver. Denver's a great spot. Football-wise, scheme-wise, Seattle and uh, New Orleans and Denver both fit Russell Wilson way more than the Giants do. But your wife matters a lot here. Your wife's opinion is going to matter a lot here of where she wants to live for the next, maybe the rest of her life, if we're going to be honest. Russell Wilson is an aging quarterback. This is probably going to be his last destination of his career because he's going to sign a long-term deal with the team that he goes to. And therefore... They, they're going to wind up living a lot of their majority of their life. Also, their young children are going to be growing up in this city. Does she want the young children growing up in New Orleans? In Denver? In Philadelphia? But she's definitely going to want them growing up in New York. Right? I know that Philly is close by. But, and and, and that, that the argument from, from Philadelphia has been that Russell Wilson can come to Philly. They're more ready to win. And it's only 90 miles from New York. But if you're Ciara, do you want to be only 90, only 90 miles from New York? Or actually in New York. No, you want to be actually in New York. Now, here's the take for Russell Wilson, though. Here's why it's the most beneficial spot. You've already got the weapons, right? And the team can easily rebuild an offensive line because look at what he's done with the crappy offensive line for years in Seattle. When has he ever really had an elite-level offensive line in Seattle? You get to pick your own coach. You get to pick your own management. That is huge for a guy like Russell Wilson. A guy that last offseason was complaining about not having power in the organization, not having the ability to make decisions. Now he gets that. Now he gets to handpick a GM who's going to go after any player Russell Wilson wants to go after, and he gets to handpick a coach that's going to model an offense completely around Russell Wilson because you just gave up the franchise to get him. But that's not good enough. Imagine the intrigue of Russell Wilson coming in, coming into New York on the white chariot with the white horse and being the king and the savior of a once-proud franchise in the New York Giants. Look at how Eli Manning is thought of. Look at the receptions Eli Manning gets here for winning two Super Bowls here. Could you imagine if Russell Wilson comes in, takes a franchise that's been futile for, what, 10 years now, a decade now? They've been the most embarrassing team in the NFL for the last five years now, right? Take a team that's that embarrassing— and brings them back to prominence, brings them back to winning, lifts them back up. Could you imagine what that would do for the New York Giants? What that would do? That's why the Giants are the destination for him. A weirdo like Russell Wilson, an egotistical man like Russell Wilson, who loves praise, loves the attention. You see him making these weird videos to catch all the attention possible, right? Mr. What is what is what did the word what is the word that he used? 
Mr. Unlimited, right? That was the video that he made. That weird video was like, Mr. Mr. Unlimited. Mr. That weird video that got him all the attention in the world for no, why would you make that video? Why would you release that video? It makes no sense. And it barely caught on because he's the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. Could you imagine if the quarterback of the New York Giants is doing that video? The video's blowing up all over the sports world, which is what the guy wants. Imagine him coming in in the white chariot and bringing the Giants franchise back to prominence. In a division, by the way, that many people consider now to be pretty wide open. Dallas is good, but is Dallas as strong as we really think? Are they an elite-level team in the NFL? Is Philadelphia? Is Washington? Division's wide open for them. It's wide open. You improve in the little spots that you need to, and Russell Wilson has a legitimate chance to win here, to save this once-proud franchise, and to be looked at as a savior. And that's all this guy wants. All he clearly wants is to be looked at as a savior like that. And plus... A little shortened caveat in the whole thing, right? If Russell Wilson winds up getting hurt, he's already got the best backup in the league in Daniel Jones on the roster for next year. So the team can still continue to win if he gets hurt with a bad offensive line. Every case I've made here is why that is the answer for the Giants and why that's the best location for Russell Wilson to wind up this offseason. I know there's many thoughts of, yeah, New Orleans could work. Right? New Orleans, you got the weapons there. You have the offensive line. That should persuade Michael Thomas to stay there. But answer me this. Family matters a lot to this guy. And ego matters a lot to this guy. Is he going to get that same level of attention in Seattle, Denver, or Philadelphia that he's gonna, he would normally get in New York? The only other place that would give him more attention is Chicago and as the other weapons there as well as they are in New York. They're not. Does he get to pick his own GM? The McCaskies aren't letting him control the narrative. They're not. Mara? would do anything to get this team back to respectability. And that's what Russell Wilson can bring it to. And, and, and that's the move to me if you're the Giants. There's under no circumstance this offseason, while the Giants have two first-round picks, there is no circumstance where the Giants can use any of those two first-round picks in the top 10. You cannot draft a player with any of those picks. There's two moves to be made. You either use those picks to draw Russell Wilson here, or you move down in the draft, get someone's next-year first-round pick, and you take Bryce Young next year. Use those picks as ammo. So someone in the 20s wants to move up to the top 10. You don't take their, their pick in the 20s. You take their next year first round pick. And you use those picks. Then next year, if you got two, three, four first round picks next year, you use all those picks to move up into the top 10, to move up to top to the first pick, and you take Bryce Young out of Alabama. If you don't get Russell Wilson. That's the move. That is the move this offseason. If I can see it, as a lonesome sports radio host, then the Giants better be able to see it. Vince, how are you? Well, uh, he's going to be an eagle. I'm just letting you know. Okay. It's going to be he's coming to Philly. But if I was making the case as the Giants, here's the thing. I mean, the fact that because the Eagles' argument is you got three first round picks, right? But Giants' picks, two top ten picks, two top ten picks versus three that could be in the late teens and twenties. Teams are going to go, I mean, that too is bananas. pretty tempting. Teams are going to go bananas. Yeah. Because, I mean, the Giant pick will probably be top five, right? And there's a chance the Bear pick could be top five, too. I don't, what is the rest of the Bears' schedule? Stand by right here. I'm going to pull it up for you right now. Because the rest of the Bears' schedule is really tough, too. There's a really good chance here, Vince, that these could be two top five picks. Screw top ten, top five picks. Yeah. I mean, what would what are teams willing to give up for two top five picks? A lot. Because it's the same thing that you're saying. I mean, it's the idea that, okay, you can trade. Like, if I'm Seattle, I trade Russell Wilson, I get those two first-round picks back, and they're in the top five, top ten. Every game 
for the Bears on the way. The Bears are currently 4 and 8. They're third in the NFC North. They're going to be behind the Lions, obviously, but that, the Lions are going to get the first pick. Yeah. The rest of their games. Tell me if these are if any of these games are definite wins for the Bears. Okay. Vikings at home. No. Not Vikings on the road in, in Minnesota. There's no chance they win that game, right? Okay, no. At the Packers. <sighs> That's a loss. That's a loss. At Seattle. Probably a loss. They could win that game, but probably a loss. Yeah, probably a loss. Home against the Giants. That's your only win. Wow, and that's a weird game of consequence, isn't it? A huge game of consequence. Kind of, kind of, sort of. You know, like, that's a that's an interesting one. I'm yeah, really it's, curious it's a to see how that, that shakes out. That game's a double-edged sword for the Giants. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword. You win the game, you get your, your, your picks higher, you lose the game. Either way, they have both picks, so it doesn't really matter. And then at the Vikings, is your last game when the Vikings are going to that game like blood. There, there, there's... There's a legitimate chance the the Bears wind up losing every single all five games the rest of the year. So if you're getting those picks and you're in the top five, top seven, somewhere in that range, you can get those picks in exchange for Russell Wilson and do the same thing you're saying the, the Giants should do if they don't get Russ. You can trade back. So you trade Russ, you get two picks in the top five, not, top ten, you can trade back, you can rebuild a whole team. I'm not that. trading back. What I'm doing in that scenario is I'm just trading for next year's picks. Well, so if the sure. Arizona Cardinals, for some reason, right, they're going to be in the top 25, right? If they want to move down and get into the top 10, fine. You give us next year's first round pick. Or you get, you, that's, that's what you're going to have to do. And there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to want to move up. That, that, that is extremely tempting for any team. The, the Raiders could be one of those teams. There's plenty of teams out there that are willing to give up a lot to get up into the first round. I don't want your, your 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 20th overall pick. I don't want your 25th overall pick. I want your next year's top 10 pick. Yeah. That's what I want. But here's the other thing you said about Russ that I think is interesting uh, on the idea of him being a giant. It's kind of weird to me that New York isn't a bigger selling point when it comes to football. Because like, it's been so futile for so long. Well, it may be. But, like, they, I mean, they won a Super Bowl, what, 10 years ago? Yeah. And it's New York City. Like, for the for the Knicks and the Nets, like, their, their problem, you know, the Nets, nobody really cares. So that's generally been their problem. For the Knicks, it was Dolan and the team was just bad. So they didn't have any options. But to be a quarterback in the NFL, like, I, I saw 47 of the top 50 programs this year are NFL games. I, I do believe, uh, well, that's every year with the with the TV ratings. But I, It's usually I, in the top 10. I, I do believe, Vince, that that narrative is a little overblown when it comes to Guys not wanting to play in New York. Because you look at other teams out there. The Yankees have never had problems getting anyone. Yeah. They've never had problems getting free agents, right? I mean, go to hockey, right? The New York Rangers have never had problems getting free agents. They don't win, but they never have problems getting the free agents. I don't think the narrative is around not wanting to play in New York. Well, I no, think- I don't think it is either. But it's the idea of New York as a selling point. Like, if I'm an NFL quarterback and I can play in New York and all the marketing and attention that comes well, yeah. from being in New York, I mean, that's at, worth it. I mean, look at Eli Manning. I mean, look, look at the um, Eli Manning was never an impressive, overly flashy quarterback. No. He's looked at as a whole as a first ballot Hall of Famer. Look yeah, at Eli I Manning. mean, if he played in, I don't know. I mean, if Eli has the same exact career in, in Jacksonville or, or Detroit Jackson. or yeah, like is he a Hall of Famer? No, not at all. Yeah, he's a, he's a regular run of the mill. He's Matt Ryan. That's what Matt's. There Eli you go. Is. Great example. Um, looking at the NFL standings right now, you have Detroit at the bottom, Jacksonville, Houston at the third pick, then the Jets. Then Seattle, then the Giants, then Chicago. Weird thing here, the Jets own Seattle's first-round pick. So the Jets are going to have, currently, if the, if the NFL season ended today, you'd have the Jets get the number four pick, the Jets get the number five pick, the Giants get the number six pick, and the Giants get the number seven pick. <laughs> that is some, some weird symmetry right there, right? But so far, right now, the Giants have, what, the the five and the six? No, the, the, the six and the seven pick? That's two top seven picks. And there's a good chance the Bears lose a lot more games and, and get down. The Seattle might drop. There's a really good chance right here that the Giants have two top five picks. That's not a, that's not a, you can get a lot back for those two picks. You can get a lot back for one of those picks. Yeah. For both of those picks, 
That's if you're not getting Russell Wilson, and Seattle would easily trade the, would trade Russell Wilson for those picks. If Seattle knows it's done, they would easily make a move for the Giants for those picks. But if you're not going to be able to get Russell Wilson, the move is to definitely take next year's top picks and then use those. Next year you'll have now have three top picks, right? Use those picks to circle around and get Bryce Young out of Alabama next year. That's the move, right? I mentioned at the top of the show that Vince and Bill Gates have a lot in common. And <laughs> we have said weeks ago that Bill G- uh, Vince is a bad rich guy, right? You're, you're just an all—you you would not know what to do with that level of money. In some level, I don't want to be a good rich guy. No, uh, I'd be a terrible rich guy, which is take, great with bad me. Bad take out of you. But turns out Bill Gates is also a, a really, really bad, uh, bad rich guy. Bill Gates is now the fourth richest man in the world. He's worth $139 billion. Uh, I would like to know what it's like to have $1 billion. Look at the amount of money Steve Cohen is able to fling around with $14 billion. How rich we talk about him. This guy's worth $139 billion. <laughs> like, what, what do you do with that level of money? Nothing. Like, the, it's so much money that nothing matters anymore. At all. Well, Bill Gates uh, broke the news to Forbes magazine this week that between his divorce and COVID, this has been the most difficult year of his life. The poor thing. I really just, I don't know how he does it. I really don't. Um, I, I have, a, I have a, a harsh opinion to give. Uh, you, you know me, Vince. I'm not very opinionated. But when I have an opinion, <laughs> I, am a, I, I really do give it. Um, yeah. I don't like the take out there. I feel like it's a very sappy thing to say that money doesn't buy happiness. Because have you ever seen someone frowning on a jet ski? I certainly have it. Uh, money can certainly buy happiness. It does. It does. I mean, I don't, I don't like the take that money doesn't buy happiness. Because, listen... If I had $139 billion, I'd probably have 10 houses across the world. I could travel to any country I'd want to see. I'd literally go to any sports game I could possibly want to imagine to go to. I'd have all the cars that I want. I would have all the most amazing things possible in my houses. I would have an indoor pool. I would have an outdoor pool, just cause. I'd have a helipad. I would have anything I could possibly want and imagine and desire in the world. And that brings upon happiness. No, Sitting courtside at a Warriors game tomorrow night because I can get there tomorrow night and sit courtside, that would make me happy. I would not be depressed sitting first row at the Garden for a Ranger game. I wouldn't, okay? So I don't know. I don't like the take that money does not buy happiness. It does. Money can absolutely buy happiness. Now, now you can be upset with all that money and go through rough patches, but the good thing is if you get really depressed and you have all that money, you could buy yourself out of that depression. No, you can't. That is such a fundamental misunderstanding of depression. Listen, to if just you, go, you can throw money at it, everything's fine. If you are that, that's how the world works, right? You just throw money at any problem you have, and it goes. It, the problems always go away, right? Not all of them. No, that is exactly name, the kind of thing that money doesn't name solve. Name a problem money cannot solve. True loneliness. Magic Johnson had AIDS and money bought him out of it. Well, that's different. <laughs> and, yes, that was a medical condition where he got the treatments he could afford it. They gave him experimental stuff. It worked. He could do that. Any rich guy can do that. That's that like, uh, you know, when Trump was president and had COVID, a guy his age with COVID, that's a dangerous thing. He's going to the best hospital in the world and he's getting the highest expensive treatments. Like, yeah, of course he's going to survive it. You know, like, it's not a shock. But it, you have those money and resources. So, But when it comes to actual mental stuff, happiness, to be able to have everything all the time with no effort whatsoever, none of it means anything. I'm very glad that you have this opinion. You don't trust me, obviously. You don't think that I have the right opinion on no, this. No, I, I, I know that you, you don't trust, have the right opinion. Do you trust the American Health Association? 
Oh, I'm very curious to hear this, yes. Well, they uh, did a report a few years ago on whether or not money buys happiness. Yes. They stated that money is a tool. If you use it correctly, it can absolutely have an impact on your happiness. Boom! Do you realize money that is so conditional? Money buys happiness. It does! I'm sorry, I've never seen anyone frowning on a jet on a jet ski. I've never- If I had as much money as Bill- You like sushi? Love sushi. If I had as much uh, Taylor out back in the, in the back room, they moved the studio around, so we're further away from Taylor. It's very upsetting to me. <laughs> Taylor in the back room. I'm not waiting for you to get the mic set up. He's getting it. He's putting it together. He's got the mic in his hand. Taylor, sushi fan? Yes or no? Uh, not real stuff, but the Just fake American yes stuff. The, yes. The, yeah, uh, we'll get we'll get you fried rice. Yes. Um, we all like sushi, right? Would you ever go to Japan? Would you like to try some authentic Japanese sushi? I'm dying if to go. If I had $139 billion, I would have a charter plane land in the parking lot of Last Out Media, pick us up, and we'd fly to Japan right now for lunch. That would make all of us happy. It would. We'd have sake, we'd be back by noon, and we could, be, we could have all the sushi we want in Japan in an actual authentic Japanese restaurant. That would make all of us happy. It would. It would make How you happy this? in the moment. How about this? It wouldn't sustain it, though. Uh, you know, you like the Eagles, right? How would you like to go to any Eagle game you could possibly, like, at, at, at any moment and sit in whatever seat you want? Yeah. You would own the Eagles. You could purchase the Eagles. Well, yeah. That, I mean, that would be pretty great. Make you pretty happy, right? That would be pretty great. And then, I'd, you know, I'd get into the job and then I'd listen to WIP from that side and it'd be a whole different equation. Yeah, but, but you know what? You could also purchase WIP. <laughs> there we go. I'll become can, the new Dan Snyder. Can, Taylor, how do you feel on this? Can money buy happiness? Money gives you access to whatever you want in the world, but which that is, is which is happiness. Happiness that, is one thing in the it world. It is that fleeting happiness. If you're completely materialistic, then yes. Yeah, of course. But what's wrong with that? With that? Well, that, yeah, though, no, if that's the as, life you as you live. sip from your Dunkin' Donuts coffee. There you go. That's I mean, that's all you you could buy your own Dunkin' Donuts. That's going to solve all your problems. Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, I could you could probably do that right now. Yeah, exactly. See, I, 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 that was a metaphor, by the way, of me sipping on my coffee at that moment. It was a pretty good metaphor. You going Kermit the Frog there? You guys got that one right. Um, listen, money clearly has an impact on a level of happiness you can have. Okay, I think there's some nerve out of Bill Gates to say it was the most miserable year of his life when he when he can just look in his bank account and there's 139 billion dollars sitting there. Yeah. That there's some nerve in that quote, no? No, there's not. There's no nerve. In there's that. no nerve Taylor, in that quote. Taylor, is there some nerve? In, what What is our estimated net value between the three of us right now? Oh. How much do you have in your pocket? Sad. Fifty, <laughs> fifty grand, a hundred grand. Yeah. Just say right. That's our estimated net value between the three of us. This guy's worth forty bajillion times our net value. I have a right to say that I'm not happy. He don't have a right to say he's not happy. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Because 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 he can buy himself out of any unhappiness that he suffers. No, from. he can't. Yes, he can. Yeah, money does not cure true loneliness, and the guy is clearly lonely. His wife died. My advice. His wife wait, died. Who, she who divorced can, him. Or divorced him. Whatever. She, boo hoo. She died. She All divorced. This, uh, you're acting like basically he, you're dead. acting like he witnessed her getting hit by a train. No. Well, if you watched her slowly for years fall out of love with him, yes, I could see oh, that hurting the guy. Boo hoo. Buy a new. You wife. don't have to feel sorry for him, but he's allowed to be sad. Who can? Who can? Buy a new wife. Who I can some, he? Who can he relate? to no one loneliness no, uh, uh, no. Can't I? listen you he's not relatable which means he's not likable which means he's a weirdo and nobody actually likes him i'd be a weirdo <laughs> for 140 billion dollars easily i'd sign up for that in a heartbeat would you well yeah exactly you're I already a weirdo you're already a weirdo and and we, we're all weirdos in this room and we we're only our net worth is 100 grand 
Imagine what our net worth would be if we had $140 billion. I'd be as weird as I possibly could be. I wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah, I'd well, sign up for that in a heartbeat. That's exactly what happens. You become super weird because you have no restrictions or limitations on Good. anything. Good. I'd be weird for 140. That's not a hot take. I'd be weird for 140 billion. Oh, we all we all would be weird. But I guess so. If anything, you're just jealous. Is really what this surely down absolutely. To. I'd That's love to be is. worth 140 billion dollars. Yeah. I'll say this too. Here's my advice to Bill Gates: If you want to cure your your sadness and your loneliness, just go on a freaking weekend bender in Vegas and get over it. I mean, come on. That's all you got to do to be, become happy at this point. Well, Epstein's dead, so yeah, you got to find other. Uh... Yeah. Just find a way, man. Like. What are we doing? Yeah, the most transactional city in the world, yeah. yeah. Just find a way to, to, to do something that makes you happy. You can go anywhere in the world. Just go there and enjoy yourself. You it only does so much. With, you need a girl to go with you? You can find one when you're worth $140 billion. Look at the amount of athletes out in the world that are married to these ugly, ugly women. I'm sure it's their personalities that they're with them for. You don't think Bill Gates can find a woman that he, want, that he, that he can fall in love with again? Really? He could, but yeah. yeah he also- could and will. Like, not, uh, not everybody is willing to go to like the let me marry some hot twenty five year old when I'm seventy route. Okay, so you find know? some find some hot seventy year old yeah. while you're seventy. <laughs> you're worth one hundred and forty billion dollars. Figure that out. It's, it's now he's worth that after the divorce. Yeah, that's crazy. That's well, I mean, honestly that's the more shocking thing net, to me. It still says his net worth is hundred. I'm assuming it's after the divorce. Wow, because to be worth that, so he was worth like two hundred and fifty billion. And then he got divorced. No, I don't think anyone's been worth that much money. I mean, no? maybe, listen. What's, what's Bezos worth? I was going to say, Bezos' ex was like the 17th after the divorce. Yeah. So. <laughs> Which is crazy. Well, I, be, I believe she became the richest woman in the world after the divorce. Yes, that's what <laughs> I mean. She did. Which is psychotic. Um, it's, it's great that ending a relationship makes you the richest woman in the world. He might have, Bill Gates might have just, honestly, like, there's a good chance that the dude just, he just had a really good prenup. Well, maybe he did. I, yeah, maybe he had a killer prenup. It, he seems like a prenup guy. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing too. When you're that level of rich, people, if the relationship is like good but not great, you know, it's good. You're more incentivized to break up. Yeah, of course. Because of that. Money. I mean, <laughs> yes. uh, Jeff Bezos' wife. Apparently, I had it on my research that he was the fourth richest man in the world. But uh, when you look online, they actually update the uh, the standings. I guess when you if you want to call them God. on on who is the richest person. Bill Gates is now the third richest person in the world. Elon Musk is the richest at $297 billion. Also, weirdo. Jeff Bezos, weirdo, $201.7 billion. And then Bill Gates is third, $136.5 billion. And nobody can relate to them. At all. Who cares? Yeah. And they're all weirdos. And then Mark Zuckerberg is behind him at $116 billion. All he had to do was invent Facebook. But that's my point. Like, you can be a weirdo and, and still, who cares? Like, they're all ugly guys. I mean, they're all not good looking. They're all weird. They've all invented weird stuff. And yet. <laughs> and yet, look at them. Some of the most influential, innovative technologies that mankind has ever seen. And you have Some weird stuff. You have the nerve <laughs> to tell me that you're unhappy. Get lost. Get lost. Yeah. I, sometimes. Not often. Definitely not often. Do you want to know but what I would Bill guarantee you? Sometimes those people are jealous of us. Do you? No, they're not. Okay, you, once you, in a while, absolutely. I, I will trade yeah. spots yes, they in are. a freaking yeah. heartbeat. I would trade hearts and trade spots in a heartbeat. I'd be the best rich guy in the world. I would. I would never complain. I, oh, I I so doubt if, that. If, well, I would complain about everything like I normally <laughs> yeah, do now, but I would, I, would exactly. never, I would never complain about stuff like this. Like if Forbes <laughs> magazine wanted to interview me, I'd be like, sure, absolutely. If they said, are you happy? I'd be like. Who cares? I'm not happy. I'm yes. worth two hundred billion dollars. <laughs> Wonder how much Bill Gates makes in a day, Vince. 
Oh, God. $10.9 million. Oh, my God. You want to know how much he makes in an hour? What's your hourly rate at Last Out Media Events? Oh, God. Who cares? Because Bill Gates makes $456,000 an hour. Oh, my God. <laughs> an hour. Bill Gates makes four times our net worth here collectively in an hour. We don't know how much he makes a minute. Seven thousand dollars. Hundred and twenty-seven bucks a second. Think about how many Gardner Minshew jerseys you could buy with that amount of money. Oh my God, all of them. Enough. Stop complaining. I don't. I don't. I, enough. D- don't. Just don't. Apparently, in one, the most amount of money he spent in one day is one hundred and twenty-five million dollars. On a day that he purchased a home in Washington and a private plane in the same day. I wonder if but he's known, cash. he is known to be frugal, like you would be, if you had that kind of money. Yeah. It's just, I'm, th- this is such a bad take on him. It's a bad take out of him. I'm so miserable. All right, well, listen. He's not saying that my life is worse than anybody else. Take your he's misery. He's just saying he's miserable. Take your misery and go bury it in Egypt like you can. Because <laughs> I, I don't care. Like, I don't care that you're miserable. You're worth $200 billion. Enough with the misery talk. Oh, boo-hoo, your wife divorced you. So are a bunch of other Americans' wives, and they're only worth 50 grand. <laughs> well, I feel bad for those guys. I feel bad for those guys. Yeah. Their wives are divorcing them, or their wives are leaving them. Because now they have no money, and they can't see their kids. Bill Gates can, have a ca- can pay for a cameraman to follow his children around wherever they go. He can see them whenever he wants. I don't care that he's miserable. Get over it. Anytime I'm miserable, everyone just tells me to get over it. Yeah. Bill Gates, get over it. <laughs> I got to get over it when I'm miserable and I'm not worth $139 billion. The hell's his problem? Well, he's got to get, he's working all the time. So he's miserable and working all the time. He could just not work. He could, but that's, yeah. that's the problem with guys like that. They, and that's why the relationships he's go to crap. He's 66 years old. Like he's 66 years old. He's had a whole life ahead of him. Stop complaining. Get over it. You're sad? Boo-hoo. This would be a great buddy movie is you and Bill Gates just hanging out for a day. And you're just like, Bill, no one gives a shit. Toughen up. That's be what a I man. would say. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like your, your, your wife divorced you. Like, you were married for like 28 like years. Like you had a good run. It ended. Okay. The Phillies had a good run at Ryan Howard. It ended. Everything, all the good things must die. Like he had a good run. They, they, they broke up. Okay. You'll, fi- you'll get on your feet. Like, I don't understand. Guy's got a degree from Harvard. He'll get over it. It's $139 billion. He's going to hug his diploma and go to sleep at night? Is that what he should do? Hug your diploma and your four books and your certificate owning Microsoft and get over it. (laughs) That's it. Oh, you are so wrong. I don't want to hear it anymore. Taylor, on that note, let's get to our picks so I can make some money. Maybe I'll be worth $139 billion (laughs) after this week of NFL games. It's like a fun, jazzy, bluesy. I, I like this one. Yeah, this is a good one. So I never heard this one. Is this also written by Sam Spencer? Oh, you were so close. I was. Drop the R. Yeah. Oh, Sam Spence. You were 98% there. That was amazing. Interesting. As we know, this uh, this musical we played at my wedding, um, Bill Gates' wedding cost $16 million. <laughs> So, best cocktail hour you've ever had in your life. By far. There's no be, doubt. Right? Were they slaughtering like live Japanese cattle? Yeah, like, right. You're just, eat, you're just biting and into maybe, the cow. Maybe he had an awful wedding. Like, maybe his wedding wasn't fun. Like, could you imagine if that guy didn't have an open bar? <laughs> <laughs> 
Think about the people that we kill for not having open bars at their wedding. Imagine it's just you, a soda jerk. Imagine you, yeah. get, imagine you get to his wedding and there's no open bar. Because he's so weird he doesn't believe in alcohol or something like that. Or he's just doing like Jack Daniels. Oh, you know, God. it's like if you have that kind of money, you got to be doing the best of the best of the best of the best. Hot whiskey. Yeah, like every every drink that everybody has should be like 500-year-old bourbon or something. You know what I mean? Like, year old bourbon. like Sam Adams, when he was in America, started this bourbon himself. Sam you know? Adams, actually, this this was Sam Adams' bottle. This this was Sam exactly. Adams' bottle. Like, exactly. What is the oldest bottle be? of bourbon on the planet right now? Oh, that's interesting. And you got to figure nobody ever drinks that bottle. No, you can't at this point. Like, yeah. yeah, it's too old at this point to actually drink it. Uh, Food and Wine magazine reported that a bottle of whiskey that's 250 years old, uh, J.P. Morgan purchased it for $137,000. <laughs> it's a nice gift. Wow. It's a nice wedding gift. <laughs> First game I want to get to. Ravens-Browns. The Browns are two-and-a-half-point favorites. I like the Browns in that spot. Uh, the Ravens' offense is broken. And the last time the Ravens played the Browns, they sold out to stop the run. They don't have that anymore. They don't have the ability to stop them anymore. The Ravens' defense is decimated by injuries, and they're falling apart right at the seams in front of us. It's a weird game with no cornerbacks. That The Browns are going to be able to win this game. Two and a half points is too low for me as a home game for the Browns. And again, this is a time of year when you can really rely on a team that needs these games really badly. The Browns at 6-6 six and six right now, out of the playoff picture, really, really need this game. So I'm on the Browns at minus two and a half. As long as it doesn't get to three, I'm on the Browns at minus two and a half in this spot. Vince? So division games like that scare me. So I, I got away from that one. But a game that I really do, I, I do have at least one division game on here. But there, there is one game that I really liked. Arizona's giving two at home against the Rams. So two points on a spread for one of the best, what, the best record in football? It's also a divisional game, though. It is a divisional game, but the Rams have been like a weird, fluky, bad team. They haven't figured it out, really. So, I, like, Here's why I don't like that bet, though. The Rams still always have the capability of exploding at any moment. That's what scares me about that bet. Like The Rams could easily explode on the, car- on the Cardinals and put up a 40 spot that the Cardinals just can't. The over-under here is 51.5. They're telling you it's going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah. So your narrative that the Rams are going to struggle in this spot, it doesn't hold true to— I'll tell you, I'll give you, I'll give this point. If this game goes into a shootout, who do you trust more? The Cardinals or the Rams? Cardinals right now. Right now you trust the Cardinals? Then yeah. that's a smart pick on your spot. See, I think if the game goes into a shootout, which is what Vegas is telling you, I like the Rams more. And then at plus two and a half, I would take the Rams in that spot. Rams yeah. have to go on the run. They have to. And, and again, this is a time of year where that narrative can really, you can really rely on that when it comes to sports gambling. Teams that need games, there's an up, there's an anti that's upped with NFL teams this time of the year. And you can see what a lot of teams out there, when teams need these games desperately, they're putting more emphasis, they're pulling out the bag of tricks more than they normally would. This is a game the Rams kind of need, too, because they need to get back on the right track. Uh, I'm in the Rams here, actually. I'm against you. Yeah, because they just beat, what, Jacksonville last week? Yeah, and that doesn't convince anyone, does it? No, it doesn't really convince anyone, but they beat the snot out of somebody. They needed a win pretty bad. They get it. Now, okay, now you cool down a little bit. You're Division going to Arizona. It's, and again, it's only minus two. So for Arizona minus two at home, it's like yeah, I'm I'm happy. To if make I that can bet. just bring this up, just out of a strict observation, um, Cooper Cup, who has uh, I'd say regressed over the last like two weeks, kind of kind of kind of got a little a little worse, but not, not not totally worse. Right, not he's completely fallen off. At this point in the season, with five games left, he's got a hundred receptions, thirteen hundred and sixty six yards, and eleven touchdowns. My God, yeah, what I, a season he's had. 
last I checked, he's on pace for the Triple Crown. Yeah. Which most receptions, most kept, most yards, most touchdowns. Yeah, it hasn't happened since like 2003. Yeah, he's uh, having an unbelievable year. Unreal, unreally spoken about, too, to be honest with you. Yeah. Taylor, what's your first pick? Uh, I'll go with what we were just talking about, the Rams. Uh, last time they were on Monday Night Football, one of the worst games I've seen from a football team all season mm-hmm. against the Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said before, they're bound to go on a run. I think it just takes a little time for all those new acquisitions to actually get you know used to the team. So I think it starts on Monday night. A, l- a line that has moved in the last uh, hour. Thank God I bet it when it was at its lower point. Tampa Bay minus three and a half currently against the Bills. The Bills do have problems, and they're real. They're not problems that are going to be fixed really quickly. They can't run the ball. They can't stop the run. And they can't really stop anyone on defense. Also, the Buccaneers at home. They're one of those teams that actually has a legitimate home field advantage, the Buccaneers. I don't know if you know this. In the last, uh, they're 7-0 against the spread in their last seven games at home, which is really impressive to me. That And that and those last seven games are since their bye last last year when they when the offense kind of was able to turn it around. Remember Tampa Bay's bye last year? They went into their late bye and they were struggling going into the bye. And then after that bye, they kind of hit a switch and they figured things out. And they went on that run to the Super Bowl after that. They're 7-0 against the spread and 7-0 at home since that bye game. So they've really figured things out at home. They are a dominant home team. A 425 spot later on in that Florida Sun. I like the Bill. I like uh, Buccaneers in this spot totally. The Bills are falling apart. The Bills have been struggling a lot. And at three and a half, you'd have to buy it down to three. But also, don't let this go by too. In those seven games, the Buccaneers have never scored less than 26 points in any of those games. They're going to be able to score points here. And a Buffalo team that's been struggling to score and putting up a great offensive performance in the last couple of weeks. Tampa Bay minus three is something I am all over. And by the way, the over-under is 53 and a half. Vegas is telling you there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. So I love Tampa Bay in this spot. All right. Uh, I'm going with Cincinnati Bengals. I've got them on the VQ Sportsbook getting uh, one and a half points at home. So the same thing Caesars has. Interesting. There we go. So one and a half. They're, they're picking up on my trends. That's all I'm saying. So one and a half points for a Bengals team that can put up points like crazy against the 49ers team that has has been a lot better lately. I mean, they were they were bad early in the season. They were garbage early, and they really picked it up with it. I'm surprised you're going to fade the hot team. Yeah, I like this method, though. Yeah, but it, it, Cincinnati's just one of those teams that any given week, they can beat anybody. So to be at home and getting points against the San Francisco team that's like good, pretty good, but not amazing, I like that spot. And here's the question you need to ask yourself. Are the 49ers deserving of being a road favorite against anyone? Are they? Because they're a ro- they're a, ro- a point and a half point point favorite at what Paul Brown Stadium that's what we're calling it now. There, there is no reason the 49ers should be a home fa- a, a road favorite against anyone in this spot. So I like the Bengals in that spot too. Actually, I'll make that my third pick. Taylor, you go. With there two. we go. Uh, I'm gonna go back to the Baltimore Cleveland game for a second. Yeah, sure. uh, under 43. Lamar Jackson's been running for his life anytime the ball snapped, and I don't know what the hell Baker Mayfield's gonna look like with his injury. And, I mean, at this point in the season, this is definitely just going to be a gross division game. So, under 43. I kind of like that take, too. I yeah. Do. Uh, so, my third pick I already gave you, uh, which is interesting. I'm, I'm I'm being extra generous this week. Gave you my third pick already. So, Vince, Look give me that. your third pick. Yeah, uh, just stealing all my picks. Now, yeah, uh, that's that's where I go when I bet my NFL games. All right, well, let's go with the Giants, who, again, are not getting Russell Wilson because he'll be an eagle. Uh, Chargers giving 10 points to the Giants. The Giants are one of the worst teams. I mean, they're just so god awful. Yeah, and but the Chargers are. I know they're miss- like they're the- missing people is the problem for them. They've got injuries. So Keenan Allen, I think Mike Williams is going to be out of this game as well. So it's 
And now that I'm talking about it, maybe you know what? Now, now with the, now that I've remembered all the injuries, Giants plus ten. Let's go. I'm completely flip flopping the pick. It is in L.A. Just to remind you, that game is yeah, in L.A. But it's a home game for the Chargers. No, because now, yeah, they're they're not going to have Keenan Allen or Mike Williams. So how good is Justin Herbert though? Justin Herbert to me is exactly what any NFL team should be looking at draft, right? Smarts, accuracy, the strong arm, being able to be mobile, but knows how to sit in the pocket. Justin Herbert is like the prototypical NFL quarterback that you want. He's also a big boy. I mean, Justin Herbert's like six foot four, like two forty. Like he is a meaty guy. No, big, big boy is funny because uh, he looks like he's thirteen. You know, but, like he, but he's, he's a big. He's that. He's a bully. Like he is a. Big guy. No, he's monstrous. Yeah, I think he's six seven. Yeah, he's a big dude. I don't want to give any positive thoughts to the Chargers. They gave me one of the worst beats I've ever had. Last week? No. No. But the week before? Sunday night football. Pittsburgh. Oof. Yeah, yikes. Uh, 27, 27 points in the fourth quarter for Pittsburgh. Oh my god. Taylor. Unbelievable. That's awful. Taylor was upset that day, but he'd be happy if he had $139 billion. Uh Taylor, what's your third pick? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with another under, uh, New Orleans and the Jets under 43. Uh, God, I don't even know what these offenses are. Zach Wilson looked good for the a quarter. Half. The problem well, that, that yeah, though, is a half. The, the, Eagles, the, the Eagles didn't allow Wilson to touch the ball again. Like he, exactly. he had a ball for three plays in that third quarter. So I have a hard time when it comes to that game really blaming Zach Wilson on anything. Like that he didn't fall apart in the second half because he didn't have the ability to touch the ball. Like, how is he going to look good if he can't touch the ball? That's how I looked at it. Eagles defense played well. Well, the Jets offense could just be really bad. Well, yeah, yeah this 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 game is going to be gross. Nobody wants to watch it, so I'll just leave it as an under under okay. forty three. Interesting. Um, my next pick. Raiders are getting nine and a half points at Kansas City. I know Kansas City's looked better, but after the Denver game last week. Everybody and their mother was telling me how much better the Kansas City defense is, how it's like an elite defense now. I'm sorry, are we forgetting that Kansas City's defense has been absolute dog feces the entire first portion of the season? Now all of a sudden they played Denver really good with Teddy Bridgewater and they're an elite level defense? I don't buy that. And also, Pat Mahomes has been bad under pressure this year. Yeah, I'll say it, just bad. You know, when ESPN highlights these games on their website, the top portion they put at positions on the list over here is the top quarterback they believe is the best player at each position. So they advertise quarterback, rusher, and receiver, right? Do you know who they put at top quarterback when it comes to Raiders Chiefs? Derek Carr, not Pat Mahomes. So I'm sorry, I'm Raiders get nine and a half in a divisional game when again, they need this game like blood. All over the Raiders getting nine and a half right here. And I believe that your sports book over there at 10, right? Yeah, my VQ sports book had 10. So if you want to put your bets in there. There we go. So that's, yeah, that's the way to go. But I, I like that a lot. I, I, we talked about it a little bit before the show. Love that bet completely with you. Completely agree. Uh, Taylor, number four. Yeah, that's by, also on that. Uh, by far my favorite pick of the weekend. Um, this is obviously public loving KC. KC does not cover. And you're getting double digits. And the Raiders always play Kansas City tough. Out of all the teams in their division, so remember I think this. this is easy. Remember this when it comes to Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. The public loves betting on Pat Mahomes, even if it's blindly. They love betting on Pat Mahomes. I, I love the Raiders in that spot. And then my last bet: Why is Denver giving ten points to anybody? <laughs> uh, people love to obsess over the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are not that good of a football team. They're not. They're a very unbelievably average football team. That's it. They're average at home. They're average on the road. You know they're six and six this year, right? You know what their home record is? What, three, three and three. three. You know what the road record is? Three and three. They're an average football team. That's it. 
They're giving 10 points to the Detroit Lions. Why? I have I don't understand that at all. I like the I like Denver. Uh, I like the Lions plus 10 right here, but I also like the over 42. I mean, they're, they're, they'll be able to score points. Two bad defenses will allow points to bad offenses. They will. Over 42. And if you could place the same game parlay, do that. The over and the Lions. I was thinking about that game a lot. I didn't put it on the list, but I was thinking about it for the exact same reasons. It's just like, really? 10 points for Denver? It's so weird. But Why would you ever give, Den- like, give Denver a 10-point advantage against anybody? Yeah. I don't care if that game's being played in Denver or on the moon. Crazy. But here's one that I thought was a little surprising. Washington getting four and a half at home mm-hmm. versus Dallas. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of points. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of points for a divisional game with a team where Washington is totally solid. I mean, kind of in that Denver territory. They're playing better of late. And weirdly enough, their defense has gotten better since Chase Young's been out. They're absolutely better than Denver. Oh, yeah. I agree. Absolutely yeah, better. Absolutely. Here's the thing, Vince. My fear in this game, when is Dallas going to figure it out? When is Dallas going to start clicking again? Because when Dallas clicks, they're they're better, they're as good yeah. as anyone in the NFL. So my fear against fading Dallas, like if you've been fading Dallas the last three or four weeks, you made a lot of money. My fear is if you want to start fading them now, you're in a weird. You know what I mean? If you want to start fading them now, go ahead. But the week they figure it out, you're gonna get really screwed over. Oh no! The week they figure it out, I'm, I'm gonna get punched in the face. And uh, I've been making a lot of aggressive bets like that through the season. But wh- whatever. So. Uh, Washington, yeah, it's just one of those things. Divisional game, it's in Washington. They've been playing well lately. Four and a half points is a lot for that kind of scenario to get at home. So Washington just feels like a good, safe bet. Interesting. Taylor, what's your last pick? Uh, I'm also with you on the Lions. Lions are covering machine. They cover, uh, I think, the past seven games. They are a human machine, uh, a covering machine. Absolutely. Yeah, and God, Denver is terrible, especially after the last primetime game against KC. Yeah, I'm with you on lines. Look how much money we just made you. You might be worth more than Bill Gates after this week if you follow our bets. Parlay everything together. Parlay everything, and then you'll be worth more than Bill Gates. That'll do it for another edition of New York Groove. Vince, three weeks from tonight, I will be in Las Vegas. I will oh, be man. in Las Vegas, and I will be doing the show live from Vegas. We're going to have to figure out the uh, semantics of that, but I fully plan on doing the show live from the Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, I mean, if they let you take out your phone and use the camera in the casino, great. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm all about it. I really want to. Let's do it. Do it. Yeah, seriously. It. So 100%. As, long as, as long as you'll allow that. As, as the yeah, around, no, yeah. I would. I'm encouraging you to do it. If You're you encouraging can, it. yes, if you can do it live from a sports book in Vegas, let's do it. Okay, absolutely. So we'll get on that. Um, some food for thought on the way out, Vince. Every second, your body produces 25 million new cells. Did you know that? So that means that in 15 seconds, you produce more cells than there are people in the United States. <laughs> That'll do it for another edition of New York Groove. You've been listening to New York Groove with Brian McKeon. This show was produced by Last Out Media. Visit lastoutmedia.com.